Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the last chapter of a letter thought to be written by the Apostle Paul or one of his disciples. This letter is written to the church in Ephesus. It is also thought to be a letter that was written to the early church in general. Let us hear it and listen for what it says to us today. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of God's power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand therefore and fasten the belt of truth around your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness as shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me, so that I may speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly as I must speak. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, as we gather this morning, we know we need your help. We know that our resources alone will not be enough to face all the challenges in our lives. So grant us that help that we need. Speak to us the word that we need to hear. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Today we bless our children as they go off to school. We bless them. We bless backpacks and pencils and rulers and boxes of crayons. We want our children to know that we love them and that God is with them 
that God's got their back. For these first weeks of school are rife with the wiles of the devil. I am convinced that evil spirits possess uh, school buses. If your child doesn't know a bad word, by the time they ride the school bus, they will know it. Where did you hear that word? The school bus. Do you even know what it means? It means, where did you learn that? On the school bus. I also think that sometimes the evil powers of the heavens come down and make mischief on the playgrounds at recess. How else can one explain who gets included and who gets excluded and some of the teasing and the tears? Powers of meanness are real. So we pray for our children and we do everything we can to build up their spirits. We equip them with the faith to meet life's challenges. But would we clothe them in the whole armor of God? In preparation for this sermon, I did a Google search on images for the whole armor of God. And I knew what I was going to see for the most part, and I saw it. There were flames of fire and swords and armor, and this was not always in the defensive stance. It looked like Game of Thrones <laughs> or Lord of the Rings. There was violence and aggression, and it brings to mind how religion can be used as a weapon, and how when our faith and militarism come together, the holy wars and the crusades, and even a rally with tiki torches and men in hooded robes. And so this feels dangerous because we've seen it used in dangerous ways. This spirituality is not of God, but of fear. And a spirituality of fear leads to judgmentalism, self-righteousness, hostility to other points of view, a lack of compassion. And we have seen this. And therefore, we may just shy away from that whole armor of God. And who would blame us? I want us to take a moment and look at the context in which this passage comes. So it is part of this letter to the early church. And it is, believe it or not, a plea for unity and peace. The author argues that the advent of God's love in Jesus Christ has broken down all the walls of hostility that divide us. There is no more us and them. We are all one new humanity in the love of God 
in Jesus Christ. No Greek, no Jew, no Muslim, Baha'i, no male, no female, no straight or gay, no Republican, no Democrat, conservative, liberal, all are one in Jesus Christ. The letter to the Ephesians can reduce to one word, reconciliation, the healing of humanity. And yes, as people of God called to this radical nature of inclusive love, we must engage powers of hate and intolerance and hostility that continue to break people apart and teach violence and fear. We need all of our spiritual resources to stand for peace and compassion and love and justice as we seek to be one. This is a radical word for us today. Let's go back to the children. It's what happens at home where the faith gets shaped. And by faith, I mean a sense that the world is safe, a sense that God is good, and that the world is filled with goodness, and that they are loved. For this is the essence of faith. And when someone on the playground says, you can't play with us, we don't like you, you're too short. And our child comes home and we are wiping away the tears. We say, I'm so sorry this happened to you. We listen. We assure them this isn't right. Kids who are fair play together. We tell them the truth. Some people aren't nice. Not everyone will like you. We assure them that there are others who do. We try to get them to name some kids who will play with them, who will like them, who they might sit next to at lunch the next day. We say, no fighting. Use your words. Trust me. You are loved. This will get better. And do you see what we just did there? Paul says that this is a spiritual struggle. The pain when people are mean, yes, the pain you know in your heart is right. And so we put on our children the breastplate of righteousness, which is justice. And we say to them, no, it is not right when people tease you. 
and we put on them the belt of truth. Sometimes people aren't nice. And we get them to imagine a different world. We give them the helmet of salvation. We dress them in shoes of peace, words that are kind, and a shield of love. A whole toolkit. for the struggles. For these are spiritual struggles. We could view the struggle on the playground through the lens of socialization. We could view it as a matter of mental or emotional health. We could view it as a matter of child development. We could view it as a struggle with physical limitations, and none of these are wrong. But today we are looking through a different lens. Sometimes we have trouble putting these lenses on. Bad things happen and we can overcome and that's a spiritual struggle. Love yourself, warts and all, is a spiritual struggle. Imagine a better situation, have hope, that's a spiritual struggle. Mind your tongue, that's a spiritual discipline. Hope, courage, persistence, self-control, all of this is the stuff of everyday spirituality. You are filled with spiritual vitality. This spiritual vitality is not reserved for church or special times of prayer. It is the spiritual vitality that we look for God and God's strength and God's presence as we go about every day. And we can teach our children and remind ourselves about this as well. Like the children on the playground, we all face the wiles of the devil. Someone will tell us that we are too old to play. We have too much gray. At the same time, someone will tell us we're not old enough. You don't have enough experience. There's just not enough gray in your hair. You're not the right fit for the job, which usually means you're too old, or you're not the right color, or you're not the right gender. You're not the right fit for the job. Sometimes we just have an unlucky genetic makeup and we're at risk for disease. That's gonna take some spiritual strength. Someone we know is addicted to painkillers or facing bankruptcy. Somebody we know is just going through life and life is full of struggles. Our faith doesn't give us a pass, never did, never will. It's just there with us when we struggle. As I wrote this, I was writing this finishing it last night when I learned about the death of Senator John McCain. So I stopped writing and I started reading about him and his time in the prison camp 
and the struggles he faced. And there was an insightful word that struck me. They broke his body, beat and tortured, but not his spirit. And he had a spirit, not always a Holy Spirit, but neither an evil one. He had hope, he had courage, he had a sense of what was right and what was wrong. He lived by a moral code. Whether or not we admire his politics, we can admire his courage and his abilities to stand firm for his convictions when it was unpopular to do so. When he denounced torture and brought it up as a fundamental character of our nation. But we do not do that. He reached across the aisle. And for this, he took all the flaming arrows. He had on the whole armor of God. As we close this sermon, it is not right for only our children to receive a blessing. And we don't have to walk down the middle of the aisle and make a bridge, but we do have to use our arms. So take your hands and put them on your waist. May God bless